Chris Leak, Chris Leak wife, Chris Leak college stats, and Chris Leak rivals. No eyes. How about for Ryan Dinwiddie? Let's Google Ryan Dinwiddie. Uh, Ryan Dinwiddie's Ryan Dinwiddie eyes no! is the fourth result. <laughs> Ryan Dinwiddie stats. Ryan Dinwiddie twenty twelve. Ryan Dinwiddie eyes. Game set match. Fraser. Nothing about football. Just eyes. <laughs> they once drove to Vancouver from Edmonton to go to the Grey Cup in a Toyota Matrix with summer tires while listening to the entire tragically hip discography they love their canadian football john fraser a winnipeg blue bombers fan and sports reporter from saskatoon does this mean i have to start researching and travis cura a saskatchewan rough riders fan and radio announcer from red deer does anybody want to do fantasy dancing with the stars next uh, season bring you the two and out cfl podcast every week fraser and cura will deliver news and fantasy analysis from the canadian football league and nonsense can't forget the nonsense grab some poutine and a Double double. It's time for the two and out podcast. Ready, set, hunt. It is the two and out CFL podcast, and it is John Fraser. There's no Travis Kerr here this week, so the intro may have been a lie to you. I did not drive into Toyota Matrix with this guy. I did not listen to the whole Tragically Hip soundtrack. But this guy is a Canadian record holder. One Mr. Clayton Croker on the show tonight. And uh, Croker, what's the record that you do hold in junior football? CGFL record. Rather okay. proud of it. Yep. Uh, I have the most pick sixes thrown in a season. <laughs> Six. What year was this? Uh, would have been 2011 with the mighty Chilliwack Huskers, now the Valley Huskers. Now, I've always wondered, you and I have talked about this, and you're actually going to do some color commentary with the Saskatoon Hilltops with me this year. <laughs> the pick sixes. I mean, obviously you made the terrible decision to throw the pick. Yeah. Did your team just give up and let them run it back, or what the heck happened? Well, many of the pick sixes were me just, like, throwing a out way too late and then there's no one there, <laughs> or just really overthrowing a screen and no one there. I'd say about a five out of six of them were really my fault. You know what? You are a class act. I gave you a chance to throw your old teammates under the bus. It's always the quarterback's fault. It's, uh, it is. Oh. It's always the quarterback's fault. Wow. I wish. Quarterback's the leader of the team. He takes the blame, good or bad. <laughs> well, Croker, I'm glad to have you on the Two and Out CFL podcast. Uh, I do have to ask you, though, because Travis and I get in this debate all the time. What is your favorite kind of Tim Hortons donut? Sour cream glazed. Is Who else doesn't like that donut? It doesn't crumble. It's nice and smooth. It's refreshing. It's not heavy. It's the perfect donut. Sour cream. It can't be the sour cream glazed. It has a bad name, like a sour cream donut when you think it. like, ugh. But it's actually really, really good. It's not, you know, it doesn't try to be all fancy. It doesn't have a lot of flares. It doesn't have sprinkles or anything. It's just a good blue-collar donut. (laughs) Hard-working donut. It's a working man's donut. Gives 110% every time it's out there and satisfies your needs as a hungry... You're tra- are you trying to get sponsors from Tim Hortons or something? No, no, it, it's just the, the prize, and and you obviously were not funny enough to get into our uh, Two and Out CFL podcast league. Ooh, thanks, man. You're welcome. <laughs> You're welcome. I love taking a shot at a guy who's filling in on a recording this on a Monday night for uh, for Travis, but uh, your review of us on iTunes must not have been funny enough, but uh, we have a prize on our for our podcast winner. It's going to be a take 10 of Tim Hortons coffee. 
and a dozen donuts, three of which have to be maple glazed, because, of course, that is the most Canadian donut there ever is, because this is a Canadian football podcast, and we're proud Canadians, so needless to say, we're not looking for sponsorship. I just want to know what your favorite donut is. Sour cream glaze. I want to get inside your head. I want to know more about you. You and I have worked together in the same building for several years. Mm Mm-hmm. But we haven't really done anything on air together. So this this could be an adventure tonight. Um, so we're going to see what happens here today. Well, either way, let's get to the news. In the Huddle with Fraser and Kura on the To It Out podcast. And to the news, the first thing that we're going to lead with, you and I are both avid Winnipeg Blue Bomber fans, so... Woo! Can we lead the is is it noteworthy enough that the bombers can lead the news after a 30 to 26 win over the riders? Absolutely. I think it is. We're only a little biased here. I don't have that rider pride dragging us down with Travis brings to the table. Got that hurried parade. Feeling deep inside. Guess what you lost. Yeah, go dirt. <laughs> I just I feel so happy after winning that game because my expectations low. Oh, me too. Very low. And that's the best though when your team pulls out a win and mm-hmm. your expectations are low, makes the night. Absolutely made the night. Early 2000s. I believe it was 2003 the last time the Winnipeg Blue Bombers won at Mosaic Stadium. Mm-hmm. Where were you? What were you doing? <sighs> Drunk or something. <laughs> <laughs> Weren't you like 12 in 2003? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's bad. But uh, I, I couldn't tell you. That's how long it's been. I, I didn't remember the last time that they won in Regina. I remember the time they got blown out 55-10 to 10 on Labor Day. Yeah, I remember I was there. the many, many Labor Day losses. I remember just tons and tons of losses against the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. And finally, we got one. That's all that matters. We, we got did. one. And, and it's funny you bring up all the losses. The last 15 Bomber games I've been to... And we're talking, I've been to games in Calgary, BC, a bunch in Regina, some back in Winnipeg. They've all been losses. That includes two Grey Cups and six Labor Days. I'm on a personal 15-game losing streak. So, Croker, it is your job. It is your job to keep me from going to the Grey Cup next time the Blue Bombers are in it. And after one week, the two division leaders, of course, are Winnipeg Blue Bombers. And in the East, the Ottawa (laughs) All-Caps. That's, they're not going to be at first for a while. You may as well relish saying the Ottawa Red Blacks are going to be first, because I don't think they're going to be there for too long. Well, I'm just throwing it out there. One of the guys in our podcast league, who, by the way, lost to Team Fraser and Curra, Tyrell, who runs Chris Schultz's mustache, yeah. has said, if the Ottawa Allcaps win 12 games this year, he'll get a Brazilian. Ooh. Oh, yeah. No, he'll do it at Grey Cup. 12 he, games? 12 games. They So it's 11 to go. Let's get the official red-black win counter. I need, like, a trumpet or something. Boop, boop, boop. One! <laughs> One game closer to Tyrell getting waxed. But as much as you and I have the bias on, on the Winnipeg Blue Bombers leading the news, let's face it, what dominated the national headlines was in that game. Darian Durant throws a pass. It looks harmless. I actually, like, I'm sitting out on a patio watching this. I thought it was just, I thought it was a cramp. I thought it was a hot night. He grabs his leg. He goes down. And his season's over. Ruptured Achilles tendon. Darian Durant, one of the best quarterbacks in the entire CFL, and a high fantasy pick. Out for the year. What was your reaction when you watched it, Croker? I mean, other than Glee, because we are Bombers fans. But I shouldn't say Glee, because you never want to see that happen to a guy. And I love Darren Durant on a personal level. Mm-hmm. I talk to him all the time. But how how bad is it in Saskatchewan? 
I don't want to get mad at you, but I, I was really mad at Winnipeg fans who were cheering when Darian Durant went down. Because mm. Darian's a leader in this community. I mean, we live here. Yep. Absolute gym. And there was a certain Winnipeg uh, radio personality who was, like, laughing on Twitter and was really just celebrating hard. You don't do that. No, this guy you... makes money playing football. Like, he supports his family by playing football. And you're going to yeah. cheer when he goes down? And you can't be cheering when a guy like – like, that is just so Bush League mm-hmm. as a fan. I don't care whether you like the guy, whether you were – like, if you don't. There's no need to cheer. No. When a guy goes down like that, you can silently go, okay, I'm not going to lie. I did not cheer. I felt sick in my stomach when Durant went down because seeing his year end like that, it's just a terrible feeling for anybody. Sucks. But part of me said, okay, we have a better chance of winning this game now. Exactly. That, that's what I'm thinking. From a foot, from like at first, you're thinking, yeah, I feel bad. But yep. then after it sets in, you're like, man, we got a way better shot at winning this game. What I thought at first, I thought Peach took his toes off. Because from the yep. replay from above, it looked like he just, Indomitian yep. sued him. Like, or kicked him right <laughs> yep. in the foot. But afterwards, you look at it, yeah, it's just his leg buckled the wrong way. Yeah. And some are blaming the turf at Mosaic Field. And I'm sick of turf talk after the Toronto Blue Jays <laughs> season opener. I'm so sick of turf talk. But it's just one of those things that happens. Freak accident. One of those things where he throws, his ankle doesn't go the right way, and just... So what you're saying is I should omit the Turf Talk segment where we talk about the turf surfaces for all nine CFL teams. Yeah, the Toronto Blue Jays are making errors because of the turf. No, the Toronto Blue Jays are making errors because <laughs> of the Toronto Blue Jays. They might be playing good, yeah, and I, I love the Jays, but Ooh, it's the turf's fault. No! <laughs> Sorry! <laughs> that, Sorry. That turf's mosaic does need, and that's why they're getting a new stadium. It's exactly. not great, but I, I can tell you, playing flag football, this happened to uh, one of my receivers. Threw him a pass. Just starts running. Running like he has all season. His Achilles blows up. He thought a guy that was behind him had stepped on him, and he gets up and starts losing his ish. But we all knew. He was five yards behind him, stretchered off. And, I mean, Achilles injuries are just a horrible, horrible recovery. Because, A, they have to cast your leg. And, B, your foot has to stay perfectly, like, perpendicular at a 90-degree angle so the tendon can properly heal. Mm. So it's like, imagine, just take your foot right now, put put it up with your toes pointing skyward, leave it like that for five minutes. That is what Darian Durant is going to go through for the rest of the, uh, for the next calendar year, and yeah. wish him all the best. Uh, doubles, we want to see you back in the CFL, but uh, that being said, looks like they were talking about today, they, they were going to have to add roster players, they knew it, especially at quarterback, and uh, you heard some news on... It could be Tino Time 2, Electric Boogaloo in uh, Saskatchewan. Sports Cage, Rod Peterson yeah, Roddy, reporting. Yep. Um, Tino Sinceri on a flight back to Saskatchewan, getting in at 9 o'clock Monday. So maybe he's just on the flight to carry over to Montreal. Maybe, maybe. he's got a connection or something. No, I'm sure he was the first guy I thought of. You know, I, I have never been the biggest Tino Sinceri fan, but you have a guy who's been here, knows the team, is a known commodity mm-hmm. because as, as high as everybody's on Bre- Brett Smith, I'm super high on Brett Smith. If Glenn goes down, you need a guy who's played a game there before if you want to be a great cup contender, and I think they do. Uh, and to me, the Durant injury, and this is not discrediting what Darian Durant does as a quarterback, but Kevin Glenn is a more than capable replacement. You know, you're not going into the mess that these guys were in last year going from Durant to Kevin Glenn. The bigger loss to me, and you and I were talking about this, we were texting during the game on Saturday night. I It was Shea Emery going out. He's mm-hmm. out with a neck injury. They're not saying how long he's out for. But all of a sudden, Paris Cotton could run the ball the minute Emery went out. That, to me, is a bigger loss 
than Darian Durant for the Riders. Well, I mean, you look at the Riders' linebacker depth chart between last season and this season. Sam Hurl, gone. Yep. Shea Emery, we don't know how long he's going to be out for now, but didn't look great. No. He's done. There's your two great linebackers. I mean, you know, I know they didn't have Shea Emery last year or yep. whatever, but two that they could have had in the picture, now gone. Yep. And that's huge, especially when... You know, they're both Canadian. And Sam Hurl looked really good in Winnipeg. really did. I really thought, you and I both know Greg Newman personally. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think Nooms is going to see the field. No. He, I mean, they were thinking about putting him in that hybrid middle linebacker safety spot, but yeah. with Leggett playing as well as he is, I mean, Nooms isn't going to be playing safety. He, no, he'll come in if somebody's hurt, a la the way that Keenan McDougal has come in here in Saskatchewan. He's another big loss to me. He's not a name that maybe a lot of guys know. But with Tyron Brackenridge out, and Tyron Brackenridge out for who knows how long, McDougal to me has been a ratio buster, and he's he looked the part until he went down, separated shoulders. So you know that one's not going to be quick. To get back on the pick six train, uh, <laughs> high school, I threw Keenan McDougal two pick sixes as well. He was one of the best Saskatoon high school football players I've ever seen. He has this mean streak about him, where off the field he's just quiet. He does not talk. Yeah, and that's kind of weird because. You know, football guys. You know, yeah. like, hey, what's up? Hey. Yeah. He does not talk off the field. He's a very quiet guy. When he's on the field, unleashes all the rage. And he's so scary to play against. That's wow. why this is such a loss for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. He brings so much aggression and anger. Yeah. And he's quick. And he's built like a truck. He's great on special teams. He's, he's a good player. Yep. Great player, even. Yep. Gone. Yep. And he's not a player that's going to... You can't like just put him at defensive halfback and be, oh, that's where you're going to be playing. He can... Yep. Go all over the defense. He has, he's very, wow, what's the word I'm Versatile. For? Versatile, thank you. He was he was at safety, spent some time at uh, at linebacker too in training camp because he was a guy that they were going to use as basically a super sub because with their Canadian depth this year, they're, they're, they're going to have to have some different looks to make sure they have their seven starters out there. And I think those two guys, Emery McDougal, are the bigger loss compared to uh, Durant because, again, I think Glenn is going to do just fine. Uh, I think the Riders, going to give you a number. Over numbers. Over under 11 wins for the Riders without Darian Durant. 0-1 right now. I'm going to push. Exactly 11. Exactly 11. Exactly 11. I told that to my roommate as well. Exactly 11. That's how many wins the Riders are going to get. Because, yes, they lose Darian Durant. They're still a good squad. Yep. They still got Brendan Labatt anchoring the O-line. And, yes, yep. they lost Picard, too, and Ben Heenan to the Colts. Still a pretty good O-line. You got Messam, who looked great. It looks like he's got his quickness back. Yep. Remember last year he looked more of a bruiser instead of yep. a fast guy? He's both now. He looked good. Anthony Allen looked good. Uh, their receivers looked good. Dembski was... Looking good on some plays. He's the Riders. Too. Oh, no way. Yep. The Riders still have a lot of talent on their mm-hmm. roster. It's just they did lose their key player. But it's not like they're going to be winning two games the rest of the year. I think that after last year, going through the Darian Durant thing and having yep. to go through it again, they know how to get wins after this. They've been through this before, and they're going to adjust. On last week's 2 and Out podcast, I said if the Riders can't stay healthy, they could be 6-12. and 12. I'm going to take the under. I think 6 is a little low. With the league as it is right now, I mean, Calgary's really, really good. Edmonton, yep. yeah, without Mike Riley now, they could yeah, be a little that's... iffy. But Winnipeg, BC, they both look pretty good, and they got to play them a lot. So, mm-hmm. I, I think they go. I think it might be. As, I think it could be as bad as six and twelve. I foresee more realistically. I foresee eight or nine. I see another nine and nine coming here in Saskatchewan. And you did, you did make the point. Allen and Messam were good, which is. So weird for Jock Shapelding uh, offense. Messam's long run of 53 yards, that is a big sign. His quickness and ba- is back. Allen, 11 for 102. Messam, 4 for 75. We're going to move, uh, jump to the east where the quarterback... It was just a real, like, are we, ra- should we put quarterbacks in, like, 
spray foam or something for next week just so they have guys to play? For the Montreal Alouettes, I hope not because, well, you know my random guy in the Alouettes who yeah. I absolutely love. You, you, you can do the spiel. Do, do the spiel about the Alouettes. I got you. Uh, mean, you, mean, you mean Kato? My uh, guy. Your, my your boy. boy. Your boy, Kato. Kato. I know everyone wants Brandon Bridge to play. He's the Canadian. He's the good story. He's yeah. got a cannon of an arm. He's got a lot of talent. Did you see his footwork during that game? No. Horrendous. Zero out of ten. And again, I'm not, again, I'm the pick six champion in Canada, so I can't really say anything. But you did play junior football. I know how to do a three-step and a five-step drop. Apparently, Brandon Bridge cannot. He was just throwing balls off his back foot. And yes, sure, they were hoses. Yeah. They were Michael Bishop-esque, dare I say. (laughs) But that is exactly who he reminded me of, by the way. No feet. They're flailing all over the place. He's never under his feet. And sure, he can make the throws like that, you know, coming off the bench with the adrenaline pumping. What happens when he has to worry about a game plan? What happens when he has to worry about reading an actual defense or worrying about a D-line when he has seven things to worry about? Usually footwork for a quarterback is just, like, natural. It's second nature. Jim Pop told Gary Lawless, Winnipeg Free Press, that he's not sure who's going to start. Uh, He said it's going to be an open competition this week for Bridge and Cato. I know who you say is going to start. Uh, And uh, you just said it just came across your feed. Uh, Dan LaFever on the sixth game? Uh, no, Crompton's on the sixth game. Lefevre done. Crompton's on the sixth game. Six game injured list. That kills one of my three fantasy pools. <laughs> I didn't know that. I thought I I genuinely thought you were telling me Lefevre was on the sixth game. Pick up Cato, man. I'm telling you, pick up Rakeem Cato. I'm signing into my other league right now. Do you know how well he played Marshall? He was a starter there for like three seasons. Almost went undefeated his senior year. Was a Heisman Trophy candidate this year. Bleacher Report was all over yep. this guy, and he can just chuck it. He's Brandon Bridge with footwork. Because he's had that American training since he was seven years old to play quarterback. And he can throw it. He's mobile. That's what you need out of a CFL quarterback. And plus, the preseason, did he throw an incomplete pass his first game? I don't believe so. Threw a touchdown. Threw a beat. I think he went five for five, 95 yards. Something like that. And he looked, he looked really good when he came in. I'm with you. I think he is going to start... I, I, there, I'm picking him up. I'm, I'm literally going on my fantasy right now. Oh, please. Then you're going to blame me if he plays bad, though. No. Yeah. I'm going to blame you if the podcast sounds bad. <laughs> Thanks, man. Hey, it's no problem. I'm just saying the one uh, the one variable here is uh, is you because we've sounded uh, we've sounded at least better than not terrible the first uh, five episodes. Uh, another Montreal note: Michael Sam back at practice today. Uh, not super fantasy relevant, obviously, but uh, nice to see him back in the CFL. Mm-hmm. I agree. It's it's good for the league. Mm-hmm. And it's just good to see him back. I mean, it was such a mysterious day when he left. It was like, oh, Michael Sam was here. Two days later, gone. Well, a guy from TSN Montreal spotted him at the airport. Yeah. That's how they found out he was gone. They throw him on the suspended list, and you're thinking, okay, guy's gone home for a little while. And instead, poof, gone. He's he spotted the airport. It's just one of those things I think he just needed to get some things sorted out. Or maybe he had a couple days in training camp, and he didn't really know what to expect out of the CFL. Maybe he expected more. Maybe he expected less. Yep. Maybe he thought he was going to be better or worse or whatever. Maybe he just needed to get some things sorted out. And well, now he realizes that he wants to play football. And there, there's a lot. I think there's a lot of guys who come to Canada. And I'm not saying this was him. I'm saying kind of generically. Look at... Uh, What's his name? The pot smoker played for Toronto the one year. Ricky Williams. Ricky Williams. Thank you. Williams comes to Toronto and probably and 
by all his interviews, thought he was going to tear up the CFL. He was good. He wasn't great. Decent. He was decent. But I think guys get up here and quickly realize, and I've interviewed a lot of first-year CFL guys that have said, you don't realize how good these guys are up here, which, again, makes me proud to be a Canadian. (laughs) Uh, Finally, the last one, uh, as far as the big quarterbacks, man... I can't get over how bad of a week this was to be a quarterback. Like, I'm surprised you didn't break your femur coming to work today <laughs> being an ex-quarterback, being a junior guy that's now retired. You know, maybe, hey, maybe one of these teams will give you a call, Croker. You do have that tape of you throwing a football over a skyscraper, don't you? Yeah. No Photoshop either. <laughs> I was on my knees too, Mike Vick style from back in the day when he threw it over the uh, when he threw it over the grandstand that one time. I remember that yeah. from his knees. You probably you were probably out there throwing balls in a van across the South Saskatchewan River this afternoon before he got into work today. Hucking him over those mountains over there. <laughs> Mike Riley, uh not Clayton Croker for fantasy purposes. Uh there is a cloud of mystery around him right now. Edmonton's got the bye this week, so I I can understand why they're not saying anything, but I had heard that the word is in the room, he's going to be out for a while. They think maybe something with his kneecap, maybe even an ACL, and that would be... This is a team that, that hosted a playoff game last year that take a giant, giant step back if he can't stick around. I know a lot of Eskimo fans are... You know, they're not worrying too much because they think Matt Nichols is still a pretty capable yep. backup. Matt Nichols gets hurt daily. <laughs> when was there a season when he wasn't hurt? Remember what his ankle was backwards after that? That was uh, that was gross. But the Mike Riley knee injury, I mean, I've seen a couple in the junior days and the high school days. Hit him on the side. Yeah. And that might mean meniscus. Could mean meniscus, maybe ACL as well. But Sometimes knee injuries that look really bad aren't. Yep. Remember Brandon Whitaker? He had that really bad knee contact one where he kind of flipped in the air. Yeah. And it ever, everyone said his knee exploded. It's yep. done. And yep. sure, yeah, he tore some tendons and yep. ACL in there. Came back better than ever. Remember Rob Bag? What was it? Uh, he's got three ACLs now, I he's think. He's got three ACLs. Remember he had the one a couple years ago. I, I think it may have been last year. And correct me if I'm wrong on this. Where he was in a game and it looked really bad. And he went down. He was grasping his knee. And we all thought the worst for Rob Bag. Mm-hmm. And then Tristan Jackson or somebody tweets him out running up the stairs at Mosaic like two <laughs> days later. You're right. Knee injuries can be very mysterious. But uh, if you're an Eskimos fan, I'm going to throw some numbers at you here because you love numbers like you love your sour cream glaze. Uh, Matt, blue collar. <laughs> Matt Nichols, not a very blue collar performance. One for six, eight yards and a pick. Some Clayton Croker numbers right there. <laughs> it wasn't a pick six, though. Um I think I think Edmonton might have to be worried because I wasn't that high on Toronto this year, and they got beat 26-11 by the Toronto Argonauts, so might be some trouble. Although, they've got that kid that's on the practice roster that played uh, the preseason game against Saskatchewan. It looked great. The so. Franklin guy. Franklin, yeah. 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 But uh, like the thing is, with Edmonton that game, I mean, sure, you can lose your quarterback and lose. Yeah. No one's going to pin that on you guys. You yeah. lost your quarterback, whatever. But they just look bad as a team. Their defense, decent at points. Yep. But you're letting Trevor Harris go in there, and you're making him look like Peyton Manning. He, Trevor Harris was slinging it in Fort Mac. He impressed the hell out of me. Man, did he play good. He he will be the number one name if Ricky Ray is ready to come back, and you're Montreal, and things aren't working out with your boy Cato. If, if you're Edmonton, and it's not working out with Matt Nichols, Trevor Harris, to me, might be the guy that Jim Barker's going to be fielding calls on, because... He impressed the heck out of me. I thought his reads were good. I thought he threw a, a good ball. I'm not the quarterback technician like you are here, coach, but uh, I thought he I thought he looked good, and I thought he led the Argos to to a big upset. If I'm Jim Barker, this is what I do. I hold on to him for the year. I don't trade him. Okay. I don't trade him this year. 
next year, Henry Burris. I think this is this is it for Smiling Hank. I would agree. I think Trevor Harris is the future Ottawa Red Black starting quarterback. Bold predictions a season in advance. That might be a new record. I've never seen somebody make a prediction this whole season in advance. I just don't think that Ottawa is that sold on DeMarco and O'Brien. I don't think that they're too sold on them. If they were, then they'd be getting a lot of playing time behind Smiling Hank, especially yeah. last year when you're an expansion team. Trevor Harris, I bet you he can go in there and, again, with their third year with the Red Blacks, that would be next year. I think he could make some noise with them. Well, Scott Milinovich knows how to develop quarterbacks. Look at oh, Zach Caleros. Yeah, does. Zach Caleros is now in Hamilton and one of the best in the league. Mm-hmm. I could be seeing another situation. I'm, I'm not going to disagree with you. Uh, speaking of Hamilton, uh, they extended uh, Lyndon Gadosh, even though he's out with a torn Achilles. Uh, I guess they had lots of time on their hands to get pen to paper. Mm-hmm. Uh, also today, adding Hugh O'Neill, showing up him in the beard, Showing up at practice uh, for the Hamilton Tiger Cats today. They did want to stress uh, that Justin Medlock is okay. Mm-hmm. He's not hurt, but I like this pickup for Hamilton because there's a lot of punters and kickers on the scrap heap right now. They need a guy who can do both, though. And Hugh O'Neill can do that. And he proved it in Ryder Camp. The only reason I think he lost out on a job in Ryder Camp is because Ray Early can kick a ball to the moon. Yeah, he can. The import punter, so they went with a spot there. So I like the out of uh, Hugh O'Neill and Hamilton. Plus, yeah, if Medlock goes down and you have one backup who's just a punter, you can't kick field goals. Again, you want to add a guy who can do both. So just in case Medlock goes down, which you're not going to start Hugh O'Neill over Justin Medlock. Justin Medlock's one of the best kickers in the league. But it is a good insurance policy to have that backup kicker. Or maybe Medlock's not punting too well. You can always mix it up with Hugh O'Neill or something like that. To me, I still love the Justin Medlock one bar. It's so good. He's like one of the only guys who basically says, yeah, I'm a kicker. Look at my helmet. But it's not, he's not like Jamie Borham from back in the day who's running down to kill someone after a punt. Because if he did, <laughs> someone could punch him right in the nose. Like there is like a two-fist opening there yeah. where he could just get knocked out. Yeah. He doesn't like that doesn't guard the face at all. He's got it's, – it's very small and it's tilted down. Exposes a lot. He uh, it surprises me too because he kind of comes across as me as like a little bit of a pretty boy. Yeah. Like he kind of cares a lot about his looks and stuff like that. I, I'd expect him to have a visor so no one's poking him in the eyes and stuff like that. But he's out there. I'm not gonna say he's not a handsome fellow. Handsome fellow. Get hey. lost in those eyes like Chris Leak back in the day for the Alouettes. You can get lost in those eyes for days. Hey, not quite like those Ryan Dinwiddie eyes. Those were stupid. Don't no. bring up Ryan Dinwiddie in this circle. I can bring up Ryan Dinwiddie. He I lost ha- us the Grey Cup. He did not lose us the Grey Cup. Yeah, he did. Three picks to the same player? You kidding me? They ran the same play. You can't throw three picks to the same player as a quarterback. Yes, you- If you throw two, don't throw to him again. When Doug Berry's calling the exact same slants pattern in the whole building, he literally, on, the, on two of the picks... Johnson didn't move because he knew exactly where it was going because every time Doug Barry would come out with that five-wide look, if Stiegel was the inside guy, he was going slants. The last pick, watch it. Go back. Let's let's have a drink because I can't watch that game without having at least three beer. And watch it. He doesn't move in the last one. The play call was slants. They knew exactly it was coming. Richie Hall, I knew it was coming. I was sitting, I was at that game. Maybe he should learn to open up his shoulders and throw to the left side of the field then. Like a normal quarterback. Uh, you know they were telling him to give it to Milt. Or maybe he should take off those stupid gloves. God, I hate Ryan Dinwiddie. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for going I, off on that. I thing. have a Ryan Dinwiddie jersey. I know you do. Good <laughs> purchase. <laughs> okay, that year I made a bet with a buddy. I said I will get the the Bombers backup quarterback yeah. on my jersey if they make the Grey Cup. But you know why? I, you know The biggest reason now I've learned the biggest benefit of the Ryan Dinwiddie jersey was Grey Cup 99. Travis and I were in Vancouver. 
we get separated. I met up with some friends. He met up with some friends. We said, okay, well, let's meet at Ryderville tonight and we'll keep on keeping on. He walks into Ryderville, walks up to some stranger, says, hey, have you seen a guy in a Bombers Dinwiddie jersey? <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, And he laughs and then he goes, yeah, actually, he's right over there. Who else is going to have that? That's perfect. I uh, The way I look at it. I'm like, you know, it's like a tag. You know how, like, lost puppies have tags, yeah. like, please return to 2010-whatever street. My Ryan Dinwiddie jersey is my John has had way too much fun at Grey Cup and might go missing jersey. <laughs> it's as if you're holding a flare in the air with that Dinwiddie jersey. Just Especially in Ryderville, nothing but green, 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 blue Dinwiddie. <laughs> green, 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 green. <laughs> oh. You think his eyes were better than Chris Leak's? Weird topic, but... <laughs> I remember watching Chris Leak and Tim Tebow back in the day, because when the Florida Gators won the national championship, they were splitting. And yes. man, Chris Leak's eyes. Whew. Make that the background photo of the podcast here, because then people will just be like, yeah, you're right. Wow. Those are pretty good. <laughs> Din- Dinwiddie's still my boy, though. I'm are sorry. You, are you Googling Chris Leak's eyes I, right I, now? Did you hear the typing? I, I am Googling Chris Leak's On Google, Leak's. I bet you when you type in Chris Leak, the next suggested like post up there, eyes. All It'll right. be Chris Leak, Florida Gators, and then Chris Leak, Chris eyes. Chris Leak. We have... Chris Leak, Chris Leak wife, Chris Leak college stats, and Chris Leak rivals. Damn it. No eyes. Dang. How about for Ryan Dinwiddie? Let's Google Ryan Dinwiddie. Uh, Ryan Dinwiddie's... Ryan Dinwiddie eyes no! is the fourth result. <laughs> Ryan Dinwiddie stats, Ryan Dinwiddie 2012, Ryan Dinwiddie eyes. Game, set, match, Fraser. Nothing about football, just eyes. <laughs> well, stats is on there. Man, you know you made it as a quarterback when. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan Dinwiddie eyes. Oh, well, that got a little off track. Yeah. Uh, let's uh, let's now finally, uh, last piece of news. Just a couple fun facts, actually. And, and these came uh, from the guys at BC Lions Den, another podcast uh, here out in CFL land. Great bunch of guys. Uh, I owe them a pint one day because uh, I'm really lazy when it comes to getting news some days, and I just go straight to their feed and get BC stuff. Uh, they're the youngest team in the entire CFL, and they say they've got 22 new players on the roster. Oh, really? 22 new players in camp this or that will be on the 46th this year. Jeez. I've been saying it for a while. I'm interested as heck to see what they do. But I don't think they're going to be good. I just think that's too much turnover. Yeah. I mean, Lule back, that is definitely a big help. That's definitely going to be. I mean, Lule way better than Kevin Glenn last year, especially when Kevin Glenn got there after one year not knowing the playbook. Yeah. Travis Lule knows what he's doing back there. He knows the team. You got Andrew Harris back healthy as well. But in the CFL, you need that core. You look at the past CFL champions. I mean, the Riders, when they won, they had that core. Yeah. They had that core of players that they had for a long time. You just need those character guys in your squad. When you have a bunch of randos just hanging out in the team from 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 Alabama to Wyoming, just a mixed bag of fellas, and you're throwing in some Quebec Frenchies as well. It's just a weird bunch of guys. You need to bond as a team. You need to bond. <laughs> Did you just call the BC Lions a weird bunch of guys? They are. Like, they're just a mixed bag of people. And you got Austin Collies on that team. Austin Collie's going to be good this year. Oh, he's good, but I mean, like, you got a bunch of random rookies who no one's ever heard of. You throw in Austin Collie, you throw in a junior star like Andrew Harris. Like, it's just, it's a weird squad they got there. You're just mad because Harris's team used to beat the crap out of yours back in your junior days. Not just beat the crap. He would literally tell us how to tackle him. So, I remember one day he had five carries 
for like 178 yards and three touchdowns. Unbelievable. And, in the se- and this is in the first quarter. And in the second quarter, he's running on us. And this is my first year, his fifth year. I could hear him from the bench tell our middle linebacker, don't tackle me up high, tackle me down low because that's how you're going to get me down. He was giving us tips mid-game on how to beat him. And that's you, how good he is. And you still couldn't stop him? No. Not the, see, that one's not the quarterback's fault. No. Eh, kind of. All the pick sixes to give him the good field position and all the picks and yeah. the incompletions. And yeah. I bet you he's missing that Nanaimo money, though. I bet you he makes more money playing for Van, Vancouver Island than he did for the Lions. <laughs> but that's another day. That's, we won't get into that. We'll move to the fantasy expose. Time for the Fantasy Expose on the 2 and Out podcast. All right, the Fantasy Expose, the way we're going to run it, because I'm running the show, because Travis is away this week, mm-hmm. uh, I'm going to give you a few guys who I thought were good and a few guys who I thought were not so good, and, and I, we're going to keep track on these guys and see if there's a trend to them. Uh, if you like Matt Barry, it's a little bit like love-hate. Uh, so we're going to start uh, with Ottawa. We're going to start with the East Division-leading Ottawa all caps. Uh, I was really impressed. Even though it was three picks, I thought Henry Burris looked good. 23-36, 263. Uh, one and three was the TD interception ratio. But uh, you said you think uh, he doesn't have a lot in the tank. Well, I mean, he's going to be good this year. But you can't be 40 years old and play as much football as, as him and not have wear and tear on you. I mean, he still looks good in the pocket. He still has that arm and everything like True that. Enough. But... He's playing on an expansion, Ottawa Red Black team, or, you know, second year after expansion or whatever. But, man, do they have weapons offensively they do. now. They do now, and maybe that keeps him there for a while. But I just think I just think it doesn't look like he's having as much fun as he used to. Yeah, he's not smiling as much as he used to, but I do think that they could win a game with you at quarterback with... All you'd have to do is lob it up to Ernest Jackson. <laughs> Let's not go that far. And try not to get You never saw up. me play. I was bad. <laughs> Okay, well, maybe when you and I are on the road with the Saskatoon Hilltops this year, uh, they usually like to stop and have a practice during the Winnipeg trip, and you're doing my color commentary on the Winnipeg trip. Uh, we like to get out, and maybe uh, I'll finally see this legendary Croker arm. So. Can we not do it in front of Tom Sargent? Because <laughs> well, that's why I didn't put you on the team, Croker. Hey, that's why I never put you on there. Get to the ball! <laughs> Tom Sargent! 11 national champions! For the, for the people uh, out of market... Uh, We'll tweet out when I'm calling a, an interview with with Sarge. He's a legend around here. He's won just about everything every single year. Uh, great guy. Sarge, if you're listening. Uh... He scares the bejeebies out of me. <laughs> so scary. My roommates played for him, and sometimes, like, oh, just, whew. <laughs> Scares me. Maybe it's because I'm, I'm the play-by-play guy. I, I, well, he's nice to the media. Like, he's super nice, and he's super approachable. Man, Hilltop Camp, like, I went there in high yeah. school, for high school camp. Yeah. He was even, like, just ripping into grade nine kids. <laughs> like, you got to play better. you got to want it. got to want it. That's that's why they have the most national championship that's in true. Canada. That's true. Uh, Siobhan Walker, impressive to me as well. Uh, rushed uh, 16 for 52. Uh, Ernest Jackson, obviously huge in Ottawa, too, the new acquisition there. Seven catches, 74 yards, and a touchdown. Those two guys, to me, are going to be integral to the all-cap success this year. And mm-hmm. uh, I thought they looked good in the first game. I didn't see a whole lot of it, but uh, in the highlights, I was actually uh, baking brownies. Nice. For your wife? Well, yeah, she Aww. she screwed. Well, she messed up the first batch. Well, not the awe is taken away now. Just say you're making her brownies. Oh, I was just making her brownie. But I score I, some brownie points with the ladies listening right now. Why is her hood slow clap? <laughs> <laughs> oh, and uh, 
<laughs> and one last name to throw at you. Uh, Mo Price. Uh, only one catch for nine yards, Croker. Disappointing. Is it? By the way, is it Ernest or Ernst? I, I keep saying Ernest, but that's only because I used to love the Ernest Goes to Camp movies. I was just going to say, that's, <laughs> that might be my new favorite player. But, man, that Ernest Jackson guy, Ernest Jackson, whatever, he looked good. He is. He was. He won me a fantasy league last year. I picked him up, like, his first week that he was decent, led me to the championship in Pilsner Nation. Labat La Brewery mm-hmm. was the team name. Nice. Uh, this year is Don't Maze Me, Bro. Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah. I, it, I know it's a rider name, but how good is that? Yeah. I love my outdated references. At least it's not a Drew Willie one. I'm sick of those fantasy names. I know. There's we way get too it. many. Drew P. Willie. Ah. Willie's Warriors. Ah. Willie's Whackers. Ah. Ah. We Hilarious. Did it. Hilarious. It's another name for a male part. <laughs> Penis. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, Mo Price, what the hell? <laughs> Let's focus up here. This is serious times. Serious talk. Give me a beer. I'm the guest. I'm the guest here, and <laughs> you should be more professional. But yeah, okay, let's go. Get into one here. <laughs> yeah, I said it before the season. Uh, if you're in a fantasy league with uh, and you've got Mo Price right now, he's a name guy. You can probably sell high on him, and uh, I don't think you disagree. I think that's what people should be doing. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's get away from the Red Blacks. See what else we got in fantasy. Uh, all right, we've got fantasy. We're looking at Montreal. Uh, y- and we talked about this earlier in the news. Crompton now on the six-game list. Lefevre out for the year. They're not telling who they're going to start this weekend. So what I would do, go on to Twitter, start following along, see who's taking a lot of the first-team reps between Brandon Bridge and... Rakeem Kettle! I feel like you need to do that more in like a PA announcer. Like you're like the ring announcer and he's a WWF wrestler. Rakim Kano. I like it. I like him so much. He kind of sounds like Kano from the old Mortal Kombat games. Kano? Kato? Plus Rakim Kato is just a cool name. Can we play Mortal Kombat once we're done this? Test your might. (laughs) (laughs) Fatality. Uh, Nick Lewis, the leading receiver for Montreal, a guy I was kind of low on to start the year, uh, looking like he might be fitting in just nicely with uh, whoever's slinging the ball there in Montreal. Yeah, he's not fitting into his jersey, though. <laughs> I knew that was coming. His Calgary St. Peter jersey looked a little slimmer on him, like especially the black ones. Yeah. But, man, did he not look way fatter in a Montreal jersey? <laughs> He did, but... But he produced. He produced. He was their leading receiver in the game. Obviously, he's going to be a target. I think it's... Everybody, like, on Twitter rags on him for being a little bit bigger. Mm-hmm. I think that just makes him damn near impossible to bring down. I mean, even with basically losing both their quarterbacks, four catches, 46 yards, along of 15, he's not going to get you a 100-yard... He's not going to run 180 yards. He's not capable of running 180 yards in 60 minutes. <laughs> I but the thing it. is, man, if it's second and seven, second and five, and you need that first down, the you're kind of there. Man, slant over the middle. Slant yep. over the middle. If, even if the linebackers just go on in basic pass coverage, just find the window with well, them. Well, he, find the window. He, to me, is one guy that's going to benefit big time from these new rules. Because mm-hmm. if, if if defensive backs try to hit him in that first five yards, he's big enough, he can shake off defensive backs. He's been doing it his whole career. Mm-hmm. He might be a guy that if he's out on the waiver wire in your league, he he might be a guy worth taking a flyer on, put him on the bench, especially in a PPR league. If I was he, just going to say, if PPR you are, league, that guy's a dream. He is a dream because that's four grabs right there. Uh, and again, he's going to be a big target for your boy, Rakim Kato. God, he's <laughs> sick. So good. Uh, disappointment for me in Montreal, though, was Fred Stamps. Yeah, he was. Did you even hear his name during the game? Uh, one catch, nine yards. Eesh. 
It's the dreads. Oh, pardon me. Two catches, 12 yards. Ah, well, not much better. Uh, one rush for nine yards. So he made 20 yards of offense. Yikes. For being the cornerstone of an Edmonton Eskimo team for yeah. seven years? Yeah. Jeez. Until last year, until Bowman went absolutely bananas and won and lost people fantasy leagues. Yeah. Uh, that might be because Crompton and Fever went down, though, too. It could be the chemistry with the quarterback. So maybe another week of practice with a different guy might help him. But there's a reason Edmonton let him go. Ooh. There's got to be. Do you they, think that they preferred a Darius Bowman over Fred Stamps? Did they kind of feel like a Darius Bowman was becoming their number one and that you don't really want a Fred Stamps at number two? Or Well, I'd love Fred Stamps as a second banana. Look at look at most go, good teams in the CFL right now. They all have a second banana. You look mm-hmm. at Calgary right now. Rodgers is quickly becoming one of the favorite targets of Bo Levi Mitchell. <laughs> <laughs> Mark Way McDaniel is a great second banana. Look at Saskatchewan right now. They didn't have a great game, but, I mean, Dressler's the guy if he's in there. He was hurt. But he's always had behind him Getzlaff, Bag, somebody they got like, like that. like, nine bananas behind him, man. <laughs> they do. They have a bunch of bananas yeah. behind him. But it just seemed odd to me. I think, I think Ottawa or Edmonton, pardon me, thought he lost a step, and that was it. And, and to Calgary, we're going to talk about a couple guys, uh, Fuller and Rogers, both looking like they are the favorites of Bo Levi Mitchell early on. Fuller's a guy, doesn't really have a name to him. that uh, he I'd be buying high on him right now, maybe see if you can talk to that one owner, maybe listen to this podcast before he does, and then say, hey, <laughs> I'll give you Fred Stamps for Fuller. Yeah. See, right there. That's how you take advantage of maybe some guys that uh, are all about the big names. Fuller, uh... <laughs> These numbers here, these are ridiculous. Nine grabs, 148. Yikes. No scores. Rodgers, another guy I've been high on since uh, after his performance in the Grey Cup. Uh, five for 62 and a touchdown. Wow. Oh, They're yeah. spreading the ball around there in Calgary really well. Which is less good if you happen to have bought high on Markway McDaniel, who had one catch, six yards. And a lot of people bought high on Markway McDaniel, didn't they? Uh, looking at you, looking at your feet right now. <laughs> I'm just going to drink my beer. <laughs> uh, Charlie Power, former U of S Husky, too. Got to give a hat tip to him. One catch, uh, six yards. Great kid. Yeah, he's a great guy. Great kid. I like him a lot. Yeah. A lot of good Huskies on the team. Uh, Hamilton, uh, no surprise. Who to be high on? Guy that probably won me a matchup this week. Andy Fantuz. Man, I think that he had a disappointing past couple seasons. He's been hurt. I think everybody was looking at him to be like the savior in Hamilton, to get yep. those 1,000-yard seasons yep. and to come down in the red zone with pretty much everything because yep. his hands are the size of my face. <laughs> like he's, His hands are freakishly large. But he just kind of – it wasn't like he was the Andy Fantuz in Saskatchewan where he was the face of the team yep. and in some ways like the face of the CFL, Canadian yep. receiver, who's doing awesome. It seemed like he kind of fizzled in Hamilton. He fizzled, but I think a large part of that was – you look at what he's done since Ken Austin's come to town. Mm-hmm. And since since they had Henry Burris, I mean, those first couple of years in Saskatchewan uh, that he left Saskatchewan, I'm trying to think who who they had. He had some injury problems. He just didn't seem to click with the guys there. He didn't seem to click with the offense. And Ken Austin comes in, especially him and Zach Kalaros have something going on, some sort of magic. They probably go for coffee a lot. They're probably bros. They're probably hanging out. They probably play Mortal Kombat together on the oh, yeah. Super Nintendo. Uh, but the chemistry between them has been absolutely unreal. Uh, fan twos, nine grabs, 83 yards, just like his jersey number. Uh, no touchdowns. Uh, Zach Kalaros, 27-38, 281. For me, both those guys are definitely for real, but... Uh, one thing to be concerned of, especially with Fantasy, as uh, only the return touchdowns count, the return yardage doesn't. Uh, Brandon Banks rushed once for minus two and only caught one ball. It was 16 yards. It was a good catch, but it doesn't look like they're going to use him a lot in the offense. I mean, you'll still get the return touchdowns, but 
he might be another guy that I know he went high in two of my drafts. I'd be selling him right now. It looks like he's like a he's a gimmick player on the offense. Yeah. Is would be the football term for it. You know, he's in there for the reverses, he's in there for the crazy kind of plays like that. But you're not gonna line him up at wide out to run slants over the middle. You're not no. gonna put him out there to run a post corner and stuff like that. Maybe because he can't run routes that crisply, which yeah. I don't believe because he's he's super quick and he's yeah. super shifty. Or maybe he doesn't have the hands for it. But we haven't seen enough of him actually receiving yeah. the ball to tell. We've just seen him crazy on kickoff returns. Kinda like Devin Hester. Yeah. A little bit. He played he, good for Atlanta this year, though. He actually he surprised did. me. He did, but yeah. t- it took him a couple of years, so maybe it's a year early. So he's a guy that uh, you might be able to uh, still get some value for uh, right now. I'm not completely writing him off, but just from the offense, it doesn't look like uh, he's going to be used a whole heck of a lot. And he's Ham- on pace to get 18 return touchdowns this year. <laughs> he might get 18 return <laughs> touchdowns. But that's I love always- people that do that after one game. Oh, he's on pace to throw for 9,000 yards. <laughs> I don't think anybody's on pace except, hey, you know who's on pace to lead the CFL in rushing, though? Paris, Paris Cotton. Cotton. Our boy. Yeah. Should we remind you that the, that the, uh, that the Bombers won again? I, I think. Oh, did the Bombers win? Oh! Hey! Second trap. One thing to be worried about, too, in Hamilton. No C.J. Gable this week. No Nick Grigsby. They're both out. <laughs> Name me. Okay. I'm going to give you an over-under. Uh, I'm assuming you haven't looked at the stats here, Croker. On uh, the number of rushing yards Hamilton's rushing leader had in Holly, Mike Allscott Jr. You're talking about? <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> and then the number of uh, number of rushing yards uh, over or under thirty? I can't push again. I already did that once this show. Uh, yep. I, uh, under. Yeah, twenty four. Yikes! So Hamilton Hamilton uh, couldn't really run the ball, which. And that's usually what happens when a team comes from behind the fourth quarter. It came down to not being able to run the ball. That's what Calgary did, uh, beating Hamilton. So they need those guys back in Grigsby and Gable. Neither of them are in Calgary. They stayed in Calgary for the game in Winnipeg uh, coming up here on the newly branded Thursday Night Football on uh, TSN. So uh, if you, I wouldn't be picking up a Hamilton running back unless no. you absolutely had to. Do they have any good old linemen there either? Oh, they do. Their line's great. Really? To me, to me, they have a good old line. I've, I, I think they, just looking, Zach Caleros typically, and, and Grigsby had, had, had good yardage, and Gable had good yardage, and Madu was good. I think it, it, you can look at situations like this and often say it might be the O line. Look at Winnipeg last year. But I think when you look at Hamilton, they need to get those guys back right now. I agree. Otherwise, they they see everybody else is freaking out about the lost quarterbacks. Hamilton's here worried about running backs, even though Zach Caleros can probably carry them for a while. Uh, Edmonton, obviously the big one, uh, as we talked about earlier. Uh, no Mike Riley. He's out for who knows how long. Uh, so don't go and like trade. If somebody's offering you a trade, you're like, oh, yeah, great. I can get Mike Riley. I wouldn't do it. No. Uh, he's going to be hurt. Uh Kenny Stafford, the best Edmonton Eskimo, and a Darius Bowman, of course, not a surprise there. Stafford, 4 for 66 with a touchdown. Uh, Bowman, 6 for 61. Didn't find uh, the end zone there. But uh, another one, Matt Nichols, though. <sighs> 1 for 6. I think I think Edmonton might be a team that's that's on the phone. You said that Trevor Harris will be starting for the Ottawa Red Blacks here right away. But if you're Edmonton and you're a Grey Cup contender, do you do you maybe if Matt Nichols struggles for another couple starts here, are they maybe the first one to to try to make a deal with somebody after that start from Trevor Harris? So the asking price is going to be big, either yep. first or second round draft pick. 
or and a probably, lot of your young depth. Like a lot of your good young Canadians. That's what Toronto's probably going to ask for. Toronto's never been like they have good Canadian yep. talent. Doesn't produce a lot. Coombs in the first game. I'm looking at you. Yeah. But I mean, like, you're going to have a steep asking price for a guy who's played one good game. So what, maybe later in the future, three or four good games. You never really know what those guys. So what you're saying is you're not going to get him for a kicker that played senior football in Alberta in a first round draft pick. Exactly. Wait a minute. It's like. Seems as though that happened once. <laughs> Suddenly feels so weird about the most one-sided trade in the history of anything. Uh, one guy to be worried about, too, in Edmonton, in my humble opinion, Chad Simpson, just 33 yards rushing. I got to think that uh, that starting job is not going to be very long uh, for his. Shakir Bell uh, on the practice roster, and uh, they've got some options there. So Chad Simpson, another name guy you might be able to get rid of. High. It seems like Edmonton's running back like spot has been a revolving door for the past like six, seven years. Yeah, it seems to be. Uh, John White brought some stability to it. Well, remember that one mm-hmm. year they tried like Corey Boyd, Jerome Messam, and can't remember who the third guy was. But yeah, it, they don't seem to find a guy. John White appeared to be that guy, but there's another guy who's out hurt. <laughs> if you're a star in the CFL, watch out. Bad week. Uh, Toronto, although I was really impressed. At first, I, I couldn't make one of my three drafts, and I got Brandon Whitaker, and I, I, I actually, me and my friend had a fight because he took Brandon Whitaker, and I'm like, why would you take Brandon Whitaker? Uh, now I'm going to throw some numbers at you. Uh, 14 for 117 rushing, oh. one catch, 57 yards, and a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Brandon Whitaker won me a matchup. I apologize. I'll be the first to admit I got that one wrong. I think he is Toronto's guy if he can stay healthy, and I think he's going to be good. Uh, we've talked a lot about Trevor Harris and how good he's he was in that game. Uh, I think he, he's a big reason why the Argos won. 24-27, 347, three touchdowns. That's insane for I, a first CFL start. in a good Against a good Edmonton team. Like their defense is great. Yeah. Odell Willis coming off the edge. I mean, you always have to game plan for him. You always have to put at least two guys on him. And not just him. I mean, they got uh, they got everyone on that team. And their defense is no slouch. Yep. I mean, even if their offense does sputter or not, they can win a game or two with their defense. If the Toronto quarterbacks or Andrew Harris are available in your league, he's one guy I would definitely be uh, going after. We talked a little bit about uh, the disappointment that was Anthony Coombs, which, again, to me is surprising. I watched him firsthand when Manitoba played Saskatchewan. I, I thought... I I get it. He's coming back from the injury. Uh, he might be a guy to, to put on your bench this week. Just just kind of wait for him for a little bit. But uh, I thought I, th- I expected a little bit more out of Coombs starting starting early. Well, it's two guys who watch the U of S Huskies a lot. Yes, they are not great at stopping receiving tailbacks at all. <laughs> no, they're not at all. But uh, he's. He's a shifty player, and sometimes those guys who need a lot of open space, they need to get in a groove. They need to get in uh, one of those games where they break out for 200 yards, and then after that, they feel relaxed. Because yep. those guys who always, they're the big playmakers, they yep. get the 60-yard runs and the touchdowns and stuff like that, they just need that one big burst play. Because yep. they feel like uh, the whole world's on their shoulders, they need to have the cool play. So until that happens for Coombs, I think he'll kind of still struggle a little bit, yep. but it's not going to be forever. He's one of those kids who's going to work hard, he's got a great work ethic, yep. and he'll bounce back. Oh, for sure. Like like you said, like leave him... He's a guy I'm leaving on my bench, but I'm not getting rid of. No. Uh, definitely uh, not trading. We're going to the team on the bye week, so obviously no stats to talk of, but two guys I do want to touch on on a big thing of the BC Lions is going to be health this year. Andrew Harris, a guy that once tried to teach your own team how to tackle Croker, and Travis Lule hoping that shoulder doesn't turn into, okay, so I've used spaghetti, duct tape, 
hope and uh, I, hopefully his shoulder doesn't turn into big league chew. <laughs> If it turns into grape, that's fine. Grape's the best Oh, a grape was the best big league chew. It's close second watermelon. Uh, no, original was my second. Oh, really? Yeah, I love the original. I wasn't original. a big original bubble gum guy. Like, double bubble gums. <laughs> I wasn't a fan of double bubble, but I love big league chew because it was like, you'd get the big packet and you'd go through it so quick because the minute the flavor started like leaving, you'd, oh, yeah. you'd tear it open and, and, and take more in. And Well, we used to we used to chew that a lot back in like... Pee Wee baseball yeah. because we saw all the major leaguers sewing in giant chews and we're like, oh, yeah, just like Jim Tomey. And uh, well, then we actually did start to chew. <laughs> and the best thing to do with Big League Chew is you like kind of like flatten it out like a pancake in a square yeah. and then you put a big thing of Red Man in there, wrap it up, put it on your cheek, best thing in the world. Plus, when the ump tells you, oh, you having tobacco? No, it's just gum because it looks like gum. Dipping, dipping 101 with Clayton Crow. Teaching kids how to do tobacco and ruin your teeth. <laughs> so moving on from Big League Chew to our Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Most did they of- win this week? <laughs> I think they did. Oh, wow. They did. Oh. It was so nifty. Oh. Let's just hope they don't start like 6-0 and again and then, <laughs> j- you know, ish their diapers. Uh, uh, we know what's going to happen. Let's enjoy it while we can. Yeah. And we beat, and it's two Winnipeg fans living in Saskatchewan. There's nothing better than a Bombers win over the Riders. Uh, Drew Willie, no surprise. 22-25, 325, three touchdowns. Paris Cotton, though, to me, was the guy that won that game for Winnipeg. The minute Shea Emery went down, he took advantage, and he had the upper hand. He was great. He was amazing. Uh, Paris Cotton, 13 for 108 on the ground. And this is one thing we didn't see a lot of for Paris Cotton last year. Four for 59 receiving with a touchdown. Really? Yeah, I was surprised. when I, I didn't was... know that he had 59 yards. Yeah. I knew he had a couple catches out of the backfield and yeah. you know, a couple scampers. 59. Long of 23. Again, PPR. He's yeah. bull because he's going to get you rush yards. He's going to get you catches. And he's going to get you receiving yards too because if he breaks that first tackle, oh boy. Yep. Watch out. Uh, another guy I was high on uh, to start the year, had a good game defensively. Uh, Matt Buckner, five tackles. He's also a Canadian. Uh, so if your league has ratio rules, an advantage there. And uh, last team we're going to take a look at after week one of the CFL season, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Uh, Kevin Glenn is now the guy. We know that. Uh, Ryan Smith. If Dressler's going to be out, he's a guy I'm going to go after. Uh, he is. He kind of looks like Dressler 2.0, size, stature, everything. Kind of a shifty little possession receiver. Uh, three grabs, 77 yards, ripped off one for 53, and a touchdown. And actually, uh, the leading... Name me the Riders receiver with the most catches from uh, the loss on Saturday, Croker. Taj. No. Was it not Taj? Jamel Richardson, 6 for 42. Oh, he did have a lot of dink and dunk passes. Yep. Again, PPR. If you're in a PPR league, Jamel Richardson, him and Darian Durant have showed uh, some great chemistry together. Anthony Allen and Jerome Messam both look good. Again, they're not they're not going to run the ball a lot. No. that's Jacques Chapeldane doesn't do that. 17 rushing attempts on the night between Anthony Allen, Jerome Messam, Nick Dembski, who is also out, and uh, Brett Smith coming in uh, for a sneak. Allen, the leading rusher, 11 for 102. Two guys, though, one of which I have on one of my fantasy teams, underwhelm me a bit. Um, Getzlaff, who's a guy I kind of said, I again, I like Chris a lot. I do. I do like Chris a lot. I think he's lost a step. Four grabs, 35 yards. He just he doesn't seem to be able to, to get away from defensive backs right now. Uh, Rob Bag also uh, disappointing. Four for 26. Eey. 
Yeah, yeah, I started him in one of my leagues, and uh, it uh, was less than good for this guy on uh, that one. So uh, that is your fantasy expose, and now it's time for the favorite segment of the program. It's everyone's favorite game show. Are you smarter than two overweight Canadian podcasters? Pick the weekly winners in the CFL on Facebook or Twitter at Two and Out CFL. Oh, hey, sweet. I'm fat, too. <laughs> That's why I picked you. Aww. Not just the pick sixes, but because you said you'd bring beer and, uh, you know, you're, you're kind of like me. A little, little, uh, little soft, a little yeah. soft, but that just makes you more snuggly. Mm-hmm. Dad bods right here. Uh, first game, <clears throat> our Winnipeg Blue Bombers. I should mention, too, I, got the, I picked, correctly picked the Ottawa all-caps over the Montreal Alouettes last week. Nice. Uh, I got the Edmonton game uh, wrong, got the Saskatchewan game right. Also got the Calgary game right. So uh, yours truly, two for two and two, two right, two wrong on the Are You Smarter Than Two Overweight uh, Canadian Podcasters. Uh, no Travis this week. He's in Jasper. I'm not even going to try calling him. I love Jasper. Just a beautiful part of the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to go the first game, Thursday night football, Investors Group Field, Winnipeg, Manitoba, Cats at Blue Bombers. Who do you got, Croker? IGF Field's going to be nutty. Yep. After a win, Winnipeg, it's no surprise, they love a team that wins. Yep. I'm picking the Bombers. I'm thinking after Drew Willie's performance, he's worth the money. Mm-hmm. He's worth the contract. He's proved now, okay, you can play that well, keep it going. Mm-hmm. And I think he does. I think now, after a year of being a starting quarterback and not a backup, he knows what it takes to be a starter. I think he plays another good game. I think we run the ball well again with Paris Cotton. Mm-hmm. And our defense always plays well at home. We play they like... Do. Garbage on the road, but uh, <laughs> at home our defense always seems to play bombers. And this this obviously comes with a little bit of bias, both of oh, us course. being uh, blue bombers fans. But what's the one thing that Winnipeg has always had trouble stopping, uh, even to a slight degree? Like I said, some big numbers for those Saskatchewan running backs has been the run. Hamilton proved in Week One the run is going to be an issue for them. I think it is Blue Bombers. I think they move to 2-0 and and continue uh, leading the West Division. The Calgary Stampeders against, well, either Brandon Bridge or your boy, Rakim Kato. Uh, Calgary in Montreal. Uh, who you got, Crook? Calgary. I mean, yeah. Whoever's starting a quarterback doesn't matter. Calgary. Calgary, to me, has... After a loss, too. Yeah. And they, they you know they're going to... No, they won. They pulled it off over Hamilton. Oh, jeez. You've got a, you literally here. have a computer in front of you. I know. Sorry, no, I forgot about the field goal late. My bad. It's my bad. This is why you're only the backup. I'm used to being the backup. <laughs> I know. I've seen your CJFL <laughs> stats. Uh, I'm also going to go Calgary. Uh, I, I think uh, you're going to throw a rookie quarterback, no matter who you're starting. You're starting a raw rookie in that game against the vaunted Calgary defense. I'm... I'm going to say Calgary. Uh, This one, this one to me is interesting. The BC Lions Saturday night will be in Ottawa to play the All-Caps. I'm going to let you pick first. You're picking the All-Caps I'm I'm picking the All-Caps. Listen, we've got the official how many wins until Tyrell gets waxed counter. It's at one. It's moving to two. I just think BC, we've talked about the turnover there. I I, I know, I, I can see Lule and Harris having good games, but with that much turnover, there's some cohesion in Ottawa. The All-Caps are going 2-0. The East Division leading Ottawa All-Caps. My boy Andrew Harris gets 200 total yards. Win. Andrew Harris carries this team. I don't think Ottawa's defense can handle Andrew Harris. I think he's going to have a field day after a year of being hurt and a year of kind of underperforming. 
He's the guy that's going to get angry. I, get, I, I don't want to name drop. I don't want to brag or anything. I've seen him play. Yeah. Played against him four times. The guy is an absolute stud, absolute football player. He was born to run the ball. Yep. He's going to kill it. BC and, Lions by, I bet you, 28. So the- <laughs> By <laughs> twenty. All right. If it's if they if they win by uh, less than uh, than twenty eight, you owe me a double double. That's fine. All right. I, I'm I'm fine with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then finally, capping off the week once again, the Riders with all the nice weekend games. This one's going to be uh, Sunday afternoon, Mosaic Stadium, Saskatchewan Rough Riders hosting the Toronto Argonauts again. Another uh, another tricky one to pick because we record this. We're recording this on a Monday night. Mm-hmm. We. I don't, from the sounds of it, from what we know now, and I'm I'm kind of saying this, you know, from what we know now, they're not going to have Shea Emery. No. I don't think they're going to have Keenan McDougal. I don't know about some of the other guys. I don't know about Dembski. They haven't really given an update on him. So, to me, Saskatchewan is going to be banged up. That being said, I still think they can get pressure on Trevor Harris. They have, the be- they have the best defensive line in football. Mm-hmm. No questions asked. They have the best defensive line there. I think they can uh, get in Harris's kitchen. I think he still has a strong game. I think Chad Owens is going to do what Chad Owens does. But I think Saskatchewan in game one of the Kevin Glenn era is going to pull this one out on Sunday afternoon. It's going to be close. It's going to be a very hard-fought battle game. Yep. Toronto by two. Toronto by two. Toronto by two. Milanovic is probably one of the best coaches in the CFL. And now that he's he knows ha- how to win, and he's happy now mm-hmm. because they actually, the, with the move to BMO, uh, he's he's thrilled to be there. He, 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 they actually have a marketing department now with the new owners. But uh, huh? see, that's a hard one for me. So your picks are bombers, of course. We both we both have the bombers. BC Lions. Uh, we both got the Bombers. We both have the Stamps. I'm taking the All Caps and the Riders. You've got the Bombers. You've got the Stamps. You've got the BC Lions because Andrew Harris once tried to teach you how to tackle and uh, and the Toronto Argonauts. Taught me how to Dougie, too. <laughs> don't, that, was just, that was his touchdown. Don't dance. Dougie. You're Dougieing. Stop Dougieing. That's ginger, it. Ginger kid trying to Dougie over here. <laughs> I, I can't do it. I can't do it anymore. That is the show. Uh, the fill-in. By the way, Croker, uh, cheers, buddy. Thanks, Thanks a lot for coming in Good. and uh, filling in for can't Travis. Make. Can't wait. I know. Uh, and we'll see. We'll evaluate your performance. Uh, we'll get some feedback as always. Uh, don't forget, if you like what you're hearing, uh, subscribe to us on iTunes. It doesn't. It's not like it gives us money or anything like that, but it's cool to say. Mom and Dad, we got lots of subscribers. Uh, follow us at Two and Out CFL. Two being the digit, uh, not the word. We'll tweet out all the show information from there. You can also uh, like us on Facebook. Croker, any any parting words for your inaugural appearance on the Two and Out CFL podcast? Uh, yeah, don't be jerks. Share it. I like it. Yep. For Clayton Croker, John Fraser, thanks and a lot Rakeem for listening. Kato. <laughs> and Rakeem Cato. We will see you next Wednesday.